Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disney Geeks, the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Rod, and I am here with... Carolyn. And we have had, if you guys didn't see our Instagram, we had a little adventure. We got to meet up for the first time in like a year or so. Forever. For the first time in forever. Yes. I just got back from Florida, uh, which was... You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't know why people choose to live there, Rod. I love you so much, but I don't understand. But we had a wonderful time in Florida, and I finally got to ride the Guardians ride, and it was just, it was everything. It was everything. And we haven't fully discussed it, so I guess maybe we could talk about that for like a hot second. Tell me all your thoughts, all all the things. Because we just finished the Guardians movies, so it's a kind of a perfect subway. subway. It is, you know, someone's hungry. Right. (laughs) Um, But no, I really, really loved it. I knew a little bit of the ride and how it like worked, but I didn't really know like the story. And so getting to experience that uh, we watched through, we did, it's probably the ride we rode the most. We're like, we will, we will pay to ride this again. We got like queue, virtual queues a couple times, which we were shocked how easy actually that whole process was. But it's just, it was just so good. I loved the story, the Guardians banter. It probably has one of like my favorite Drax lines like ever. The whole cake and toast is just, just it was just so good. Cake, where's who's where, where's their cake? First cake and now toast. Like it was just this mission is making me hungry. Yeah, this mission is making me hungry. It's just, it was just so they just capture the Guardians so well in these rides and the ride itself was so fun i think we did only end up getting like we wrote it maybe like four or five times it only got three of the songs i think we got that the run rocket one that was the one we got the most i don't know if that's like the one that gets played played the most but then we also got one way or another and then what was the other one we got steph got september because she went was it conga yeah we got conga that was the other one we got Longs. it was really fun the question is that which one do you think is better or do you think they're two separate experiences? They're two totally separate experiences. Like this one is like if you love because a lot of people don't like drop rides like you Rod. So Mission Breakout is not for everyone. I love it. I think it's such a fun ride and the way they incorporate the music is really good with like how the the carriage bounces and the storyline and that is cute but this one is just like if you love roller coasters this is like just one of the best roller coasters it's probably the best roller coaster in walt disney world honestly loved it tron we were not a fan of guardians loved loved so much it was hands down my favorite ride in all of florida What's funny is i love tron i just think i think it's only i think it's because of the aesthetic like the ride itself is like 50 seconds long so it's like you get it but uh, some people say that what is it that cosmic rewind is what space mountain wishes that it could be yes yeah it's like space mountain meets mission breakout on steroids it is and they when they shoot you back and just the way that they engineered it with the cars to move i can see how people would i've heard people say they like feel sick off of it and definitely if you like haven't eaten or you had a lot to drink i can see or you get motion sickness i could see that but i just thought the way they constructed the ride was so genius and it was just like i said we wrote it like probably four four to five times and every time was just 
It was, it was just so much fun. I I wish I liked going to Florida more because I love that ride so much. I mean, I, I get it. Like I said, for me, Florida is because I um I want Disney and there's more Disney there, which I still think Disneyland is the superior out of the two, but still. But with that being said, now that we've, you know, rounded out our guardians just a little bit, we're gonna go we're gonna go back in time I unironically, not endgame wise, but we are gonna talk about Age of Ultra. Age of Ultron. What are some of your memories? Again, I, because this was, I hadn't ever seen this one. I only kind of heard it talked about. And so the first time I saw it was when I watched all of the movies for the first time leading up to Infinity War. And so all I really knew about this movie is like, it was the one that the, the Avengers movie that no one really liked. I mean, at that point, we only had two Avengers movies. But I had just heard people always kind of like being like, meh, Age of Ultron, and like, man, it's like stupid. And, you know, there's this whole thing with no one likes Clint and his family. So, you know, I like kind of heard that discourse. But when I watched it, I actually liked it more than the Avengers because I now, I know the point of the Avengers is like they're butting heads the whole time. And not that they don't butt heads in Age of Ultron. But it just felt like they were starting to like really come together as like a team. So that's really my memory is I was like, why does everyone hate this one? Like there's like fun lines. There's fun banter. Like I get that they didn't really know what to do with Thor in this movie. So his stuff's kind of weird. I'm like, but this one, there's just like that camaraderie and that funness. And you get to see some of that on screen, which I really liked. So I just remember being like, I don't understand. I kind of like this one more than the first Avengers at this point. But again, that was my first re- first watch of all of them. So that's fair. Um, I don't. It's funny. I don't distinctly remember when I saw this. Like I know I saw it in the theater. I just don't remember with who. I don't remember what theater. None of that. But <laughs> the funny thing with this that I remember is so at that point I was a manager of an after school program, and every time I would go to lunch, this was the time period that I went to Subway. I think literally almost every for food ironically and so i would go and it was always you would hear on the radio in the back talking about age of ultron and how it was coming and like everyone's super excited and like the hulkbuster was like the one that everybody talked about like that was the huge thing it was like oh my god we're getting the hulkbuster and i just remember always getting the age of ultron cup that just had all of them on it and it was like their pose like the movie poster that was all i ever saw for that but like literally that's all i remember is just going to subway hearing the commercials talk about oh my gosh it's the avengers movie and then having that this was also the time where i remember joss whedon was making a very big like i'm putting his feet in the ground being like marvel's dumb i don't want to do this anymore and this is the last one i'm doing yeah i obviously missed the whole that discourse but you know we're kind of glad he like decided not to be involved anymore because we got that a very so. different yeah as i said it would have been a very different infinity war and a very different end game Right? I think the Russos, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more when we get there, but obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. but you can't imagine anyone else making that movie just because of what what it is and how yeah. just all of what they did. So it, like, it's it's truly, truly amazing. And like I said, when I was watching it, like Josh didn't really know what to, Joss, not Josh, didn't really know what to do with Thor. And so like that is obviously vastly improved as we, after this film. This is very true. But with that being said, Carolyn, based on your memories, how many Infinity Stones would you I would probably give it an eight. Eight Infinity Stones. What about you? I'd probably give it about a seven. 
So our film picks off with, or starts off in Eastern Europe in a country called Sokovia. So the Avengers, we get dropped right into a massive battle sequence. So Tony, Thor, Bruce, Steve, Natasha, and Clint are all there raiding a Hydra facility that is commanded by Baron Wolfgang von Strucker, quite a name. And it was in it was in the Winter Soldier post credit scene where they introduced the they had the scepter, right? Yes, and then they have the and it showed the twins and all that. The twins. Yeah. So picking up after that. And so he has experimented on humans using the scepter that Loki wielded. Um, and so they are his test subjects are twins, Pietro, who has superhuman speed, and Wanda, who is uh, has telepathic and telekinetic abilities. So this whole opening sequence is just the Avengers fighting, bantering while they're fighting, the bad guys, Von Strucker, you know, being like, no, we can just send the armies. We don't need to send the twins. They're not ready. But then the twins go out and fight anyways. And you start to see, you know, Wanda being able to manipulate uh, people's perceptions of reality with uh, giving Tony a vision of the a potential future, which is it real, is it not type thing. And so then kind of because of that, Tony takes the scepter. Well, that's why they were there anyways. So Tony takes the scepter and that kind of wraps up this big battle sequence. We get the moment with Nat and Bruce where she's like, the sun's getting real low and helps him turn back into to Bruce, but basically they uh, save the day, they capture Bonstrucker, they get the scepter, and they're like, okay, we've got these two like weird twin people out there now. Well, we also uh, got Cap's famous line of language. Yes, most important. I just love that, that that's the through line through this. Language. Is everyone just going to ignore the fact that Cap just said language? Right? Well, they keep going. I can't remember. He, he like, uh, he swears later in the movie and they're like, you kiss your mother with that mouth. It's great. Such a great through line. And I remember, because I just told you about this and I was watching a random episode of WandaVision the other day. And I literally felt like throwing Agatha's line at Wanda this movie be like, that accent just really comes and goes, doesn't it? Because it's right? so thick in this one. And then you get to Civil War and she's like, I've adapted so quickly to speaking American. Yeah, you definitely can still hear it in Civil War, but it's much lighter. And then, yeah, it uh, comes comes and goes throughout the rest of rest of it. I also really love that Wanda is like her outfits for this movie was like hot topic. Oh yeah, just like the the sundresses, very like the the dark makeup, the evolution of Wanda and her clothing. But it makes sense because she and Pietro at this point. They're maybe, I don't think they, if they're teenagers, they're probably like 18, 19. I don't remember their exact ages for how old they are in this, but they basically, yeah, volunteered and got experimented on. And uh, just watching this whole thing, all the like context now from like WandaVision, it like, it gives it so much more like depth. Oh yeah. Well, especially since I think I did watch a Ultron and then I put on that episode of WandaVision just to be like, let's see how like it connect like how well they remembered the streamline. And they did a really good job with that, making sure that they hit all of that and the I don't know, hit hit all the trauma. <laughs> hit all of the points of Wanda's trauma. Yeah, the episode where Agatha like walks her through like the past. 
such a good episode. Yes. I will say, um, I do really like Pietro. I'm really sad about what we what happens to him later, but you know. For real, like dumbest decision. I mean I get it, but I don't get it. Uh, I will say too, I really like how creative they got with this because obviously in the comics, like that's they, this is not their storyline at all. This is like not even close to what they do and how they act. Well, not how they act, how they came to be. So I thought that was a really cool and interesting way to get them into the MCU and doing it in a way that was like creative and following the universal law. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they uh, didn't own them at this point, which was also makes like them actually calling Wanda the Scarlet Witch in the TV show just so just so great because yeah up until that point they couldn't really she was just Wanda you couldn't call her the Scarlet Witch because of all like the licensing stuff now you just add that they're supposed to like they're relating to an X-Men and Dizzy doesn't own the X-Men at that point so yeah they're mutants so yeah they had to adapt the storyline which yeah I agree they think they did that really well while still utilizing all of their their powers but also in this part like because because I saw Ragnarok before I saw this movie, the whole the sun's getting real low that Thor does in Ragnarok. I was like, why? Why is he doing that? And then and then I saw this and I was like, oh, it makes sense. I get it now because I was like, I'm like, what? Why, why is he being like the sun's getting real low? The sun's getting real, real low. I don't understand. She's like, I get the joke now. I'm in on yeah. the joke. It's like uh, Cap from the Avengers. I got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so at this point, the Avengers go back to uh, Avengers Tower with the Scepter and Tony is like, you know, I know we do have to give this back to Thor, but, you know, maybe we can like study it for a while. And so he and Banner are talking about the, the stone and how there is like intelligence in it and he's like well this would be potentially really great for like my ultron program which um is supposed to kind of protect be like a shield of armor around the world and so the avengers are throwing a big party at avengers can uh, avengers campus avengers tower and so and tony's like no we don't need to tell the rest of the team we're just going to let Jarvis kind of like go through and run run some scenarios and see if anything happens. So while they're at the party, obviously this does not go well. And Ultron wakes up. He like goes into the interwebs. He sees all of the things. And he's like, the Avengers are actually a threat to everyone. And so he's like, I'm going to basically eliminate them and Jarvis is like uh no you can't do that and he's like well watch me and so poor Jarvis gets eaten by Ultron poor Jarvis poor Jarvis love Jarvis <laughs> rest in peace Jarvis uh but so while this is happening the Avengers are having a, a party a soiree they're having a great time I really do like this scene I think it's really fun just to see like the Avengers have fun and do fun things and just be like living life and the whole like hammer competition is probably one of my favorite scenes in this movie i mean i love that they make that callback when we get to endgame so like that's amazing but i i agree i love the like maria just being like where's all the women and they're like well mine's my woman's running like a multi-billion dollar company and like okay well so gonna get the nobel peace prize 
the very subtle James better at the end of all of that. That and then Natasha and Bruce just having their little their little flirtations. And that's where you could see I mean I still I still am like it seems so super forced. Yes. I don't love it, but yeah, it's like I guess kind of cute. Like I, I get it, but I'm also like, I don't know. Natasha's just super cool. And I feel like in these in the Avengers movies, they make Natasha like they make Natasha seem so like I don't say weak, because she's not weak. She seems a lot more damsel and distressy than she actually is. Yeah, it's kind of like the, you know, do do I need a man? No, she does not need a man. No, and we've learned in all the other movies, like, she is way better just on her own, and she understands that she's better on her own, and that she doesn't need to have a love interest in order to, you know, run the Avengers and be the one. So, I don't know. It's it's annoying. I agree. I also, like, in this part where Thor has the, like, Asgardian, like, alcohol Alcohol. and he gives it to poor stanley excelsior yeah i didn't even notice that that's what he said and for the longest time i thought he just was like mumbling because he couldn't walk out so i just thought it was a mumble and i was like he mumbled excelsior i know i said his famous line but that's where we get that whole crazy sequence with ultron being like super creepy yeah, he comes up and he's basically like, I'm not a puppet. I don't have any strings, which I think is such a fun Disney reference to Pinocchio. But yeah, he comes and gives a whole spiel on how they're actually more of a threat to the world. So he's going to annihilate them. And then, yeah, there's a battle sequence between all of the Avengers and these Ultron bots that he made. But he, uh, you know, they think they, you think they, they think they get him, but he actually escapes back through the interwebs to Strucker's base in Sokovia, where he basically, Ultron builds himself a body. He recruits the twins. They kill Strucker. And so back at like Avengers headquarters, they're, you know, talking about all this and they're all like, oh, well, Tony, how could you do this? And he's like, I was just trying to protect everyone, you know? that's like my whole goal is to protect everyone well i love that he's like remember that time that i blew up a wormhole and they're like oh my god this again yeah they're like i thought we dealt with that in your movie iron man you moved past it but yeah this is where we get some of those dynamics where it's him and cap and it's like well what if we lose and cap's like well then we'll do that together too obviously setting up some of the future stuff which again like I just hate that everyone was like, man, Age of Ultron. But the way they like used it to set up so many things for the other films, I think is so, so great. But basically, they are trying to, because Ultron's like building a body. So they're trying to figure out what his like plan is. And so they come across this, uh, the what's the strongest metal in the world that he could build a body from? It's vibranium from Wakanada. Wakanada, I can't. <laughs> I uh, I remember being really like I didn't fully get it at the time, which is ironic because Black Panther is my favorite Avenger. So the fact that this is where we begin with all of that is just blah. Chef's kiss. Well, and I think too when I was watching this, I think I had seen Black Panther because that came out before Infinity War. Yes. So that was. That was, I think, one of the cool things for me in watching all of it was knowing enough of like the little pieces of the future that like starting to like see how they planted some of the seeds. But I just love this this Wakanada. 
This is where we get introduced to the arms dealer, Ulysses Claw. And so they go to Johannesburg to get the vibranium. So Ultron is there with the twins because they're basically buying the vibranium. And the Avengers show up and they're like, no, you can't have this vibranium. And this is where everything starts to fall apart. Yeah. I also, the fact that I forgot how brutal it was how Ultron took Claw's arm. Oh like, my I gosh. Forget. Yeah. Like, I always forget. Like, I know in Black Panther, you see the arm and everything, but like, whoo, that is like, I, it was just, ah. well, and then, cause like, you know, uh, we talk about this in Infinity War with Vision, how Vision is this like mashup of Tony Stark, Ultron, Jarvis the Mind Stone, and, you know, in this scene where uh, Ultron says something and Claw's like, huh, you sound like Tony Stark. Did you, are you working for him? And he, like, starts to freak out. And it's so interesting yeah. that you can even, like, see that, that, yes, Ultron is, like, his own thing, but he comes from the brain of Tony Stark. So some of the stuff he says is Tony's, which is is very interesting. But, yeah, this part is just crazy because wanda you know pietro's zipping around and knocking everyone out and wanda's coming and doing her mind things in everyone's brain so thor gets visions of asgard and Hamdal is like you're gonna kill us all and i think he starts to see the infinity stones at this point and then yeah. in his visions and then cap's vision is of peggy at a dance and she's like we can just go home and then nat sees flashbacks of like the red room and everything she went through in her training and getting some kind of backstory on her a little bit and things that she's experienced and then of course this sequence ends with the with wanda doing the same thing to Hulk and him going to the city and basically destroying it. Well, I think that it's interesting that some of this is like a self-fulfilling prophecy that like the, cause I remember everyone was like, Oh, they're refer Like they're going to do a Ragnarok situation. Like I remember even back in age of Ultron, they're like, Thor is clearly going to get like, we're going to go through Ragnarok. And then, I mean, it gets ironic with cap because we know that's how it ends with Endgame. Like all this is just, Again, it's a very self-fulfilling prophecy. Even even if we get with like Tony and his vision from before too, that Wanda put in his head, like in the end they all really kind of die too with like Endgame and or sorry, with Infinity War. So like again, it's all if it wasn't for Wanda, who knows how that could have gone. Because again, all this was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Yeah. It is really crazy how it all <laughs> comes together. And again, I think that's one of the things I love about Marvel is how they take a lot of these pieces from past movies and I don't know how far in advance they plan stuff out, but it's just amazing how they do what they do. <laughs> I know in the current phase that we are in, it's a little, you know, it's a little funky, but <laughs> we we will get there. So going back to our story, yeah, the Hulk destroys the city and Tony tries to stop him with the Hulkbuster armor, which is, I do actually really like this scene too. It's like, it's an intense action sequence, but Tony with his, all of his things is like punching me. He's like, go to sleep, go to sleep. Yeah, it was great. It was funny. But that's, that whole sequence is crazy. So crazy. But then like, again, watching it, having seen what happens in 
the future, like all the things that because when he like puts the thing over uh, Hulk's arm and how that you know has repercussions in Infinity War or yeah Infinity War with some of the fight scenes, just so great. Um, but basically, so after all of this, everyone is feeling really down about everything and so part of one of you know clint's things throughout this movie is they keep kind of joking it's like well do you have anyone and he's always kind of like making calls and he's like well it's a nice thing about not having a girlfriend or he's like oh he's on the phone with my girlfriend so you're like mm, what's going on with clint and so clint's like well i'm gonna take everyone to a safe house which we come to find out is his family's house we don't know why he needed to have a safe house for them but that is where it is so his pregnant wife with his two other children are there and just really like this whole scene of them walking in <laughs> like thor stepping on the legos and they're all just like what what is happening what is this they're like we would have we would have said hello sooner but we didn't know you existed Right? <laughs> Tony's just so good in this movie. I do love how they wrote him in this. He's just like, his sassy lines are just the best. But basically, they are hunkering down there to recover and figure things out. And Thor's like, well, I'm not going to stay here. I got to go find Eric Selvig because of the hallucinations he saw of this apocalyptic future. And then while Thor is off doing that, uh, Nick Fury shows up at the farm and he's like, you know, you guys got to make a plan. And I I love that too. They're like, you're not the boss of me. And he's like, well, I'm not the boss of anybody. S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist anymore. Right? He's like, I just make recommendations. I mean, it's it's good because like you said, it's setting up the huge discourse that will happen in Civil War and how like they just are not, they don't see eye to eye in a lot of things. And especially like Tony and Cap, like I, even now looking at it, like, I don't know who was right or wrong in that situation. It's, it is just legitimately like, I just, I'm trying to do the best that I can. And some, both of them just are on their high horses about how they think things should be done. hundred percent. Like, I totally agree with that. And like, I don't think, I think that's the interesting thing about their, the way they butt heads is Neither of them is like wrong. Maybe the way that they execute things is not the best. Like obviously Tony trying to be like, well, my goal is to put a shield of armor around the world. Great concept. Maybe talk to your team before you do it. And then, you know, you get where, where Cap's coming from with a lot of it too. So yeah. And I just, I think it's hilarious in this scene too, where they're like chopping wood. Yeah. Don't touch, don't touch my pile. Yeah. Don't touch my pile. <laughs> it's like, Oh, those comedic moments of this are just great. But basically, they are like, okay, so we can put together a plan. So they uh, figure out that, oh, yeah. And then in this scene, too, we have that weird moment with Nat and Bruce. Oh, my God. Let's just run away. I can't have children either. Although, but then but then he has a kid on the car. I have questions. Can Can someone in the Marvel fandom answer that? For me, please. Maybe he thought he couldn't have kids. I mean, I get that. And then he like yeah, found out he could. It was just, it's just one of those. You're like, did we consult the master folder for when we wrote that scene? Did we rewatch Age of Ultron? Yeah. Did we forget that this is not a thing we need to like explain? It's fine. It's cool. I just, 
I just don't like their romance at all. It's it's just it's too forced. It's a little weird. Like I'm just like give like in the end, everybody thought it was going to be Clint and Natasha because they have a lot more chemistry than Bruce and Natasha did. Or even Cap in that. Like, you know, in yeah. this movie, there's a couple of parts. I think it's one of the scenes where they're in the kitchen talking to Fury. And they had like a little like banter line. And you're just like, even that was better than what she had with like Bruce. And I'm like, not that yeah. I like I'm saying I want them to be together. I like, but just chemistry wise, I'm like, it's just so weird. They don't. And even she's like, I would have joined you. Yeah, I that too. Like Natasha's not she's able to infiltrate governments and she can flirts her way through that. But I guess she can't flirt in real life and real situ- situations. Like I I'm confused. Yeah. With like a guy that she like actually likes. I don't know, it's weird. And then even earlier in the film when Cap's like, I've seen her flirt up close, and then Banner's like, What do you mean? It's it's interesting, but yeah. So they decide they're gonna go stop Ultron, who has gone to meet the team's friend Helen Cho, who we learned earlier in the film uses synthetic tissue technology. So uh, Barton was er- injured earlier in the film, and so she repaired him with some synthetic tissue. And so he's like, she has this basically. She calls it the cradle, and so it can create basically a body using this tissue. But she's like, "Well, I don't have anything to really like utilize this with." And they're like, "You got vibranium, and now we're going to use the scepter to mind control you." So they start to build the body with the synthetic tissue technology, as well as the mind stone with the vibranium, and then Ultron starts to upload himself up into the vision. And I, again, having the context of future things, when she's like, I can feel him, I was like, oh, like I can't. I love them so much. Well, also, I feel bad that I forgot about the scientist when I saw her. I was like, why are we seeing this random woman? Because she's she's a thing later out of the movie. Okay. She makes the vision. So, yeah, they're making the vision and Wanda touches the case and she sees that Ultron's intent is to actually destroy the world and not just destroy the Avengers, which was what she and Pietro wanted, not to destroy everyone. So she's like, no, we're not going to like help you anymore. So when uh, Steve, Nat, and Clint show up to basically show up to steal the body that Ultron is creating. So Wanda and Pietro join them. And again, we have a whole action sequence through the city of Seoul. And at the end of it, Ultron ultimately captures Natasha and Barton and Steve go back to, to uh, oh my gosh, the Avengers headquarters to drop off to basically meet up with Tony and Banner. And so when they get back there, Tony and Banner are like, you know, we want to put Jarvis into this. Like, this could actually work. And Banner's like, why do you think this is going to work this time? It didn't work last time. Like, I don't understand. Yes. I I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing where it's like such a quick switch from Wanda and Pietro. Not for like them. It's just like, we trust you now. They're like, you spent this whole movie where... Wanda like manipulated your mind and you know she has the ability to do that and yet you're like come to our house right yeah it is I mean I get why it has to be a very quick switch but yeah it is it's a very quick turn 
I also forgot that while they were doing all of this, Tony, Nick Fury also was like, yeah, they're trying to steal like military codes. So Tony went to the place where they house all of that. And he realized that even though Ultron thought he destroyed Jarvis, that Jarvis actually just disseminated himself into the interwebs and has been blocking Ultron from getting those codes. So that's where Tony's like, Jarvis just did this. We need to put him in the body. And while all of this is happening, Thor goes to say, I don't really know where he went. He it's, goes, like a, it's like a random cave where he's like, I'm going to get in the water. Yeah. And he's there with Selvig. And so basically it's like to get more of like the vi- like vision of something and more of what he saw. And so he starts to see the Infinity Stones. So we see the ones that we've been introduced to up until now. So everything except the time and uh, soul stones. And so then while Tony and Banner and Steve and Wanda and Pietro are all being like, no, we can't, we can't do this. We, we, we can't put Jarvis into this. Thor just comes and <laughs> lightnings. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to accelerate this process and it's just going to be what it is. Um, I do think that that little uh, pool thing that Thor did was just Chris Hemsworth's contract of, you need to be shirtless at least once in this movie. This is your time. Yes, I also think that. They're like, we need to give the people what they want, which is you without a shirt. He said, forget Cap, it's going to be Thor. But yeah, so Thor just comes in, he uh, awakens the vision with his lightning, which this whole, I I love the vision. I didn't really love him at first, obviously, watching this initially, but he's he's so great. So they he awakens the vision. He's like, I had, I Thor's like, I did it because I had, I saw this vision and the infinity stones and vision can help us. And so then there's this debate of, and he's just so like, so like smart of, do we, do we trust this guy? Like Ultron obviously started like building him, but then they started putting Jarvis in him and then this, and then going back to the, to who can wield the hammer. The vision is just like, well, let's go. And then he picks up the hammer and hands it to Thor and everyone's like, yeah, okay. You're part of the team now. Well, that's also crazy. I'm like, is it? Would he be actually be able to rule Asgard if that was the case? Or is it just he, he, he's a machine and he can pick it up? I don't know. I mean, anyone who can wield the hammer. Well, we didn't see him do lightning, so we don't know if he can actually wield it. He can just pick it up. Yeah, it was like, so we don't, we don't know. And we, and we will never. Actually, no, I take that back. We still could know. With how WandaVision ended, we could still know. We could. We can, we can find out, yeah. Because we don't know, because I don't know if we need uh, the way that Love and Thunder went. <laughs> Maybe we need the vision to come figure out new Asgard. Yeah, he can be king. Valkyrie can take a break. If Valkyrie can go on vacation. Yeah, he just he just kind of slides in there to like help occasionally. So this is where they all head back to Sokovia for the final battle, where uh, Ultron reveals that he's been using the remaining vibranium to build a machine that will lift the city skyward, and he intends to crash it to the ground and cause global extinction. So throughout this whole part, like it's everyone fighting all the Ultron bots. Banner rescues Nat, but then she's like, no, I really actually need the Hulk. And pushes him off the edge of a hole. 
I forget what did he say. He said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna turn green." And she's like, "Okay." And then Shazo, she's like, "But I need the, I need the big guy." Yeah, she's like, "But I need the other guy right now." Yeah, very just weird. Them, I don't understand it. Yeah, that whole thing with her being like when she was captured with Ultron too, she acted so like, "Oh no!" And I'm like, Natasha, you don't act like that. Like this is where I'm like, I'm always so confused with how they they do her so dirty in these movies. Yeah, well, I think it's just, it just, her character ends up feeling inconsistent because in Avengers, like, she was good, and then Winter Soldier, she's good, and then in this, I was just like, you're so meh, and then in later films, obviously, she's, like, good as well, so it's like, I just feel like, again, sometimes they struggle with, like, the tone of the characters and, like, knowing where that consistency is with them. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you're right. There's like oh, there's so many things that happened. I will say that I never thought about it until you sent me. I can't remember if it was a reel or if it was a post or something about how Age of Ultron was the last time that all of them were all together and fought. Yeah. Yes. Like that's like wild. And I mentioned that to another person recently, and they were like, huh, "You're right." They're like, yeah, that's wild. That Age of Ultron is the last time that they all fight together. It's like. So crazy to think about, yeah, because then, like, you would be like, you're like, oh, and again, game and Infinity War, but then they're all still so spread out. And then obviously, Nat does not make it to the last battle, which is like, I get why they did it, but still, it's just so like heartbreaking. But, uh, yeah, this is the last time they all fight together, but yeah, the whole thing, they're all fighting on kind of different parts of Sokovia, which has been lifted up from the ground. And they're like, how do we make this work? So, Tony's trying to figure out how they can basically bring the city down without you know a loss of massive massive life and so he's figuring that out and then as they're like well i guess we all kind of have to go down with the island island city yeah island floating island city uh nick fury shows up with a helicarrier to help evacuate the citizens which he's basically just like i like went and got this out of like storage basically and you're like of course you did Again, lol, I said we'd never see the helicarriers again. <laughs> Lo and behold, this is the second time. Yep. I was thinking about that as I was like, oh, the helicarriers again. Uh, maybe we don't see them after this movie. I don't entirely remember. But so, yeah, all of the Avengers are helping get all of the people off in this part. They're all, like I said, kind of like spread around doing different things. And I just, I really like the part in this where. Wanda and Clint get stuck kind of like fighting the, the bots together and he's like you know it doesn't really matter what you've done he's like if you walk out that door you're an Avenger so good then we get the sad part where we lose one of them yeah so and they all well they all eventually converge to the middle of the city which is then when we have our big you know cinematic Avengers slow motion shot which is just so cool um, because they want to keep Ultron from trying to get out. So they do that. And then as they're trying to get people off, Barton sees a kid who somehow got separated from his mom. So he goes back and then Ultron is, you know, trying to, he like gets into a ship somehow and then tries to like kill everyone with like bullets. And so Pietro saves Barton, but dies in the, in the process. Which I... That also is heartbreaking because Wanda can feel it. I say that part hurts like just so much and just seeing her like pain. Obviously, obviously we know her story, you know, her parents died in the the bombing and then all she really had was Pietro and then all she has 
them. And yeah, it's just, I just love Elizabeth Olsen in this role. She was just born to play Wanda. It's so good. But yeah, we sadly lose one of them. But, and it's not even an Avenger really that defeats Ultron at the end too. No, it's not. I mean, like he is, he is, but he's not. It's a weird... Because, like, again, he keeps that was the thing that was like the other problem was like he would kill a body and he'd just hop to another one. So you never really were getting Ultron. And then Wanda ends up pulling out his quote unquote heart at one point because she's like, killed my brother and I'm getting revenge. And, but then he hops to another body that's like limping away after they lower the city. Yeah, because he's like all connected. So basically, they like burn Ultron out of the web. The goal is they need to kill all of. That they all of the you know bots that he's created because he can like you said hop from one to one. So basically, one of those drones activates the machine. The city plummets. Uh, Tony and Thor are able to overload it and shatter the landmass, but it still does a lot of damage. And like you said, Wanda rips out one of the Ultron's hearts, and Hulk is in a ship heading off to who knows where. He doesn't want to listen to Natasha. And in the end, Vision finally confronts and destroys the last Ultron bot. And just remember his line. He's like, well, it was only born yesterday. Like, he's like so smart. Yes, I love it. He's just a baby. (laughs) And then we get this weird, I don't know why we don't have Avengers Tower anymore. And it becomes a compound instead. Do they ever really explain that? Well, I think just because they are growing the team and so they want to have maybe a more like secluded, larger spot to be able to train and have people. Well, if it wasn't for the compound, we wouldn't have Avengers Campus because it looks exactly like Avengers Campus. I know. That's just thinking that. I'm like, ah, it looks like what we visit all the time. So yeah, they now have their Avengers compound. And Thor at this point is like, I need to go search the nine realms for what's going on with the Infinity Stones. Four of them have shown up in the past couple of years. This is really weird. Like someone has kind of like a big plan. So I'm going to go try and figure this out. And then we leave uh, Tony's basically like, you know, Cap, this is your team. I'm going to go do what I do. Be Tony Stark. Be Tony Stark do my thing and so cap and nat end the movie with our new recruits which are roadie sam vision and wanda fun fact they originally were going to include captain marvel in this scene but they decided not to because she hadn't actually been cast and then he says and then we don't hear the end of that line for how many more years but that that is how our movie movie ends and then in the mid credit scene you see thanos with the gauntlet and he's like fine i'll do it myself the we see selvig and i realize is that the last time we see selvig i think so so i'm like what's what was the point of bringing him in that like i know he's supposed to help him get to the the pool but he could have figured that out on his own right yeah i feel like they cut a lot of Thor scenes from this movie. Like, cause that whole part in the cave, they, there isn't like an extended cut of that. And it's like longer. And he's like saying a bunch of stuff again. They just, they are like, well, we have Thor. He has to be in this movie. So how can we like 
make him fit and it I get why they did what they did, but it all just always kind of feels a little weird with him. Yeah. But we did it. We got through the second Avengers movie and we finished the second phase. Oh my God. I was about to say second era and that is not what it was. Second phase. I say, yeah, we're officially done with phase two. was really the next one. The next one is going to be the long one. Phase one and two are like pretty short. I actually feel like phase one has more movies in it than phase two. Probably. But yeah, phase three is where we're getting the majority of who ends up in Infinity War. I mean, we do end with all of that, but still. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you guys a bit of a Marvel break for a while. But uh, Rod, what are your, before, before we say what we're doing next, what are your kind of like final thoughts on the movie? What did you like? Was there anything you disliked? I keep going back and forth. Like, it wasn't awful. It wasn't like, oh, like, oh I hated watching this movie. But it's not one that I'm like, ooh, I feel like watching Age of Ultron. Like, it doesn't have as much replayability as I think a lot, like, the first Avengers movie has. I remember I watched that first Avengers movie, like, over and over and over again. This one is just, like, it's there. And I forget that it exists sometimes. Like, I know everyone loves Ultron and they wish Ultron had been more than just the villain of the movie. But I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't have anything that's distinctly, like, I hate. Like, I kind of think the big thing, and you just talked about it too, is just there isn't as much, like, Thor doesn't have a purpose. And so, which I feel like has been Thor's problem the entire time in the MCU, is just no one knows what to do with him. They know that he's, like, a powerful figure and a big thing in the Marvel comics, but they don't know how to give him the best story. They Like, Ragnarok was the best one, and after that, we're like, Meh. even Love and Thunder, they tried to replicate Ragnarok, and they couldn't. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it definitely is not one that I say, I would say I want, I rewatch a lot or want to rewatch a lot. I feel like when you do something like this, when you're like, I'm going to watch all of the Marvel movies, it definitely is like pivotal in a lot of the things like we've talked about for the future movies, like playing with his family. Like, it's like, this and like dark world like they're setting up so many things for civil war into like the phase three and i think that's the hard part sometimes when these movies come out you're like how does it all fit and then all of a sudden you get a movie like three years later and you're like oh i i get how it all fits now but i definitely agree thor is the one like we talk about nat struggling to have tone sometimes but i feel like thor is the one that's like just consistently it doesn't know like the tone that they want and the tone keeps changing and it's like kind of sad and frustrating because like i think he's a really great character and obviously we see that in ragnarok i think that's really where like the the funness of thor but then also the you know it it has some pretty heavy things in it still you know it's such a great mix of all of those things and it just sucks that like that kind of like three pill three films of Ragnarok into Infinity War into Endgame are like Thor's sweet spot and then after that it just kind of goes downhill and then also I just really the whole Nat Bruce romance is just so cringy like I just I don't like that about this movie at all but it's funny the one thing that everyone like hated like Clint having a family I love that I thought that was like just super cute and like so different and I love uh, Linda Cardinelli I think it's how you say her last name like I just her and uh, Jeremy Runner have great chemistry together. Like I just I love them. I'm like they can just let them live their happy little life on their farm, please. Like no one, no one disturb them. Okay, <laughs> protect them at all cost. 
<laughs> and we get to see them again when we get into phase four. Yes, I was say I love them. But Rod, what would your final rating of this film be? I think I'm gonna. It's gonna be bad, but I'm gonna lower it, and I'm gonna make it a six out. Of 10. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I'm gonna take it down to to seven. While there's a lot of things I really like, some of the humor is really fun. Some of those bigger things for me make it that is enjoyable to watch sometimes. Yeah, I definitely like you said it since it does set up a lot of things. It's one of those those episodes you watch in TV shows that like uh, you know that like it's pivotal in helping the rest of the show. But you're like, I don't feel like watching. Like, I don't want to watch that episode all the time. And it's, it's just one of those. Like, it is. The Marvel movie is like an episode of just, it sets up so much. But I, it's not one that I want to rewatch. Exactly. Well, and with that, we're done with phase two. Woo-woo. So we're going to be talking about in our next one, if I remember correctly, we're coming up to our two-year anniversary of this podcast. Yeah, that'll be in November, but we're gonna do something a little a little spooky before then. Yeah, I see, like I said, I know it's coming up. I just can't remember what. I listen, it's been a very long week. But yes, we're doing spooky spooky season. Do you remember what movie you, you requested that we watch for sp- spooky season? Oh my god, it was either I think it's September before Christmas, right? Yeah, because it's the thirtieth anniversary. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, it's been a minute. I'm like, I think I know, but yes. But it's the thirtieth anniversary, never before Christmas because I would have said Hocus Pocus, but we did that last year. We did. We we did Hocus Pocus. But this year, we're revisiting a film that combines two holidays. It's what happens when two holidays, holidays co- combine. Wait. Is that what it is? I Like you said, I'm so out of it right now that I can't even remember if I like put on my glasses. Like That's where I'm at. <laughs> you did. I can see them on your face. So Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> With that being said, how can people find you on the internet, Carolyn? You can find me on Instagram at Coffee and Chaos Magic. And Rod, where can people find you? You can find me at The Only Rod. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are Disney Geeks. And until next time, it's healthier. <laughs> it's healthier. <laughs>